You are listening to a podcast taken from one of Radio Maria's many live programs. If you enjoy it, please consider making a donation or becoming a monthly supporter. To do so, visit www.radiomariaengland.uk. It is only through the generous support of our listeners that we continue to be a Christian voice by your side. So there's a lot of talk in today's gospel about demons, but perhaps we think now angels and demons, isn't this just the stuff of Dan Brown novels? Well, not just that, because in one of the great power ballads of my late school days, Robbie Williams belted out, when I feel that love is dead, I'm loving angels instead. But we don't really believe in all that stuff anymore, do we? Is it not just the stuff of pop songs and novels? Well, I'm not so sure because you don't have to look very far around to see that angels are big business. In fact, I wonder whether there are more people who have an affinity for angels than have an actual relationship with God. It's a little bit like the world of Tolkien's Middle Earth where the angels are much more prominent actors than God who seems to be distant in the background. And in the sorts of places that would never have a crucifix, you come across angel calendars, books, and even the unreligious speak of their departed loved ones as being with the angels now. And what of demons? Well, a lot of people on the street, when you walk around in a habit or clericals, ask you about exorcisms. And if you look at the contemporary pop scene, which I'd suggest you need to guard your children from so much as you can, you'll see a seriously unhealthy obsession with the demonic. Near the top of the US charts at the moment is a singer for whom I worry about greatly with a lot of satanic imagery in her videos. And maybe she knows what she's doing, but I'm not so sure that the young fans who she influences know the danger that they're getting into. But chances are you've also, in your time in church, heard a homily or two, or at least read some article which tells you that Christians don't believe in demons anymore because we know more now. And we know that diseases are demons. And you'll, heard, you'll have heard of the language of, well, the devil is just a symbol. Just as you'll have sometimes heard that the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't really a miracle, but a story about how if we all shared, we'd all have enough. Not that sharing is a bad idea, but that's not the main point of that story. And the flaw in this thinking is brought out by today's gospel. Because the Jews knew that not all illness was caused by demons. They knew the difference between a fever and demonic oppression. Although which category they would have put man flu into, I'm not sure. <laughs> but in today's gospel, Jesus first rebukes a fever in the mother-in-law in the mother -in -law of Simon Peter proving that he has indeed been sent to save all, mother-in-laws included. Although, obviously, as a priest, I don't have any particular uh, truck in that mother-in-law trope. 
other than to say to spouses, remember, this is the mother of the person you love most in the world. And so you should at least love her for the gift of life and the character she gave your spouse. But back to my main point, Jesus rebukes a fever with no mention of any demonic activity. But then we're told that after sunset, people with all sorts of diseases were brought to him and that he cured many people. And we're further told, told that devils came out of many people, not all, but some. It's clearly not the Jewish understanding then and the writers of the gospel understanding that all disease is demonic. And so the dismissal of the demonic as simply lack of knowledge about disease well, that doesn't quite fly for me. That's not to say that sometimes people wouldn't make mistakes, and it's not to say that sometimes people have used the existence of the demonic in a coercive fashion with those who simply had a physical sickness. But I don't think we can be as contemptuous, contemptuously dismissive of the demonic as sometimes in our scientific mindset we're inclined to be. And as I've been talking about a little bit in Frank Sheed's uh, book, The Map for Life, recently on the Friar side, as both spiritual and material beings, we are quite complex and distinctions aren't always as easy to make in our lives as they'd like to be. And we have to ask ourselves, what caused the Jewish to think that some of the affliction in the ill was demonic and some was not? What caused them to recognize that demons left some and not others? And then we might also ask about ourselves. Because aside from some people who I've seen for whom demonic activity just seemed the most plausible explanation of their behavior, um, I've seen some yeah, pretty horrifying things in churches, to be honest. But just in our more general experience of life, what do we attribute the malicious, the wicked, terrible thoughts that sometimes enter into our own heads? Where do we think these come from? Is it just me? Is there some inherently evil presence in me? Or rather, am I actually engaged in some sort of cosmic warfare? Are there ideas coming out in my head, thoughts being given to me that don't actually have their origin in me? I've certainly become more and more convinced that we are continually engaged in cosmic warfare. And I think if you take seriously the words and actions of Jesus, that's the only sane conclusion. The difficulty, though, is that taking the words of Jesus seriously can be incompatible with the world view that many of us have absorbed, or what Charles Taylor, the great philosopher, calls our social imaginary. He calls the social imaginary the beliefs that form our basic understanding of the world, the lens through which we see most things. And what he points out is that for most people, they simply absorb this worldview. It's not something they've thought through for themselves. It's absorbed from our upbringing, our schooling, and our culture. And for most of us, these won't have been comprehensively Christian. Most of us will have slipped into what I would say is probably the naturalistic worldview in which the world, again to use the language of Charles Taylor, has been disenchanted. 
everything has a purely scientific explanation. And if we can't explain it with science at the moment, that's simply just to say that in the future we will be able to. Everything fundamentally becomes reducible to the material. And so the worldview for most of us, I think, has at least, even if we still believe in God, has slipped into the idea of a watchmaker God who designed the watch, the world, wound it up and then sits back. Even with all the mountains and the valleys and the beauty of creation, the worldview of many is, I suggest, a very flat view of the world. And it can't really make any sense of my having a soul. It can't make sense of my longings that nothing on earth seems to satisfy. And it tends to dismiss what we cannot understand or control. And so the formation of our imaginations, of our social imaginary, is way more important than most of us think. And when I say imagination, I don't mean just imaginary things. I mean the images that form our thoughts. And to this end, fiction is much, much more important, I think, than most of the modern world tends to think. I know many adults who would say, oh, it's a waste of time, I don't need to read fiction anymore, I'm an adult, and they get on with reading their books, their biographies and their books about how to make more money, and they stay unhappy. But I think fiction is crucial for forming our imagination, especially our moral imagination, being able to empathize with others, being able to put ourselves into situations which we've been in once more or which we haven't yet encountered. And fiction also helps us form a world view. And as you'll know, in the last year, I've gone from C.S. Lewis and now a bit more into, into Tolkien. And I think the world of fairy tale is so, so important because it takes the reality of evil seriously. G.K. Chesterton once said that the importance of fairy tales is not that they show dragons exist. Most children are conscious of things wrong in the world, of evil powers in the world. But what fairy tales show is that dragons exist and they can be defeated. And in our battles against evil, we'll have much more success, I think, if we realize we're not fundamentally at war with ourselves or with one another, but we're at war with the cosmic powers of evil. We're at war with the devil who wishes to lure us away from all that we're meant to be.